0: Good morning, everybody. We got—we uh, just came on this morning, 9 o'clock. We got a couple of people that are already signed on. Scott, good morning. Uh, Rhonda, good morning. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, we are starting, staying on this uh, series, uh, The Spirit of God. And I think this is part four. Um, God's story is number 84. Is that right? Right. God's story is number 84, but uh, <clears throat> I just want to get right into it. I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, we've been traveling quite a bit. The last few days, uh, we drove up to uh, Elizabeth, or I drove up to Elizabeth City uh, to speak at a luncheon up there for uh, Forerunner Church, and uh, on the way up there, about halfway up there to Jacksonville, North Carolina, my transmission on my pretty new truck uh, went out, so, uh, I had to leave it and they gave me another one, another car. And then I drove there and then, uh, finished, uh, on Saturday, uh, afternoon and then drove over to, uh, basically Lenore and, uh, ended up seeing a the guy there and then drove back home, uh, yesterday. So, uh, it's been quite a fiasco, but we made it and, uh, it's been a good, good trip, fruitful trip, strong trip, rough trip, but good. <laughs> but I want to start on this thing on the spirit. Uh, again, I want to read this scripture just so that we can know uh, where we're headed. Uh, you know, I stayed on this thing called uh, the, uh, recognizing the spirit of God as water. And uh, and I read John 7, 37 through 39, those that haven't been on here in a while, uh, it says on the last day that, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. And of course, we all talked about, you know, we, we talked about this thing in the beginning that he's, he basically doesn't have any prejudice. If anybody's thirsty, uh, they can come and get a drink from the spirit of God. And that's basically uh, what the Lord really wants in us, a nature that has no prejudice, has no opinions, but uh, has the thoughts and the mind of God, because the mind of God is always wanting to see everyone saved. And uh, you'll be surprised that when you're led into certain situations, it's been the spirit of God that's led you just as it did with Jesus. And we've got to remember, I want to throw this in there as well. Being led by the Spirit of God uh, doesn't mean that you know where you're going. Uh, These days, especially in our westernized thinking, uh, we've we've had this mindset that we have to know what's going on. We have to know where we're going, what's going to happen, and already have our plan. And we assume that the Spirit of God is going to tell us, you know, where we're going and what he is going to do. But that's not necessarily true all the time. It, it's uh, The Spirit of God will lead us into all truth. He will lead us into green pastures. But being led means you do not know where you're going. And Jesus was the same way. He was led everywhere. There were times where he knew that some what was going to happen, where he was going. But many times he didn't know what he was being led into and uh but when he found himself in certain situations he he knew because he put his life and his trust in god wherever he led him that's where the spirit of god wanted to go and we've got to we've got to recognize that as well you know he walked by faith and not by sight but a lot of us are you know that are out there have been trained that jesus was like a robot that you know, he had this huge mind where he knew everything at one time. But if he had that, he wouldn't have been like us. And it, the Bible says he was like us. He made himself of no reputation and made himself of, of, of sinful flesh like sinful flesh and came as the form of man. And, uh, and he suffered the same things that we did. Hebrews talks about that he was tempted on all points. That means he actually thought about doing some of the very things that we do or that we're tempted in in our everyday life. That doesn't mean just the old things in our everyday life. And uh, so we got to remember that. We got to remember that Jesus was led just as we were. And in saying that, let's keep reading this. It says he who believes in me. Notice he says in me. As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And it says, but this he spoke concerning the spirit, whom, whom those believing in him, whom receive, who would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so I want to hit that thing, rivers, because, you know, if you really look at a river, if you really look at uh, water, it, it's not guided on by its own, you know, will it, like if it comes up to a stump and in, in its way, it doesn't say, Oh man, I don't want to touch that stump. I I'm going to go around it. Uh, it, it actually just covers the stump, soaks the stump and washes it clean. And with us though, we, we tend to think that the spirit of God has, you know, and because we, we like to mix our will with his will. And wherever we go, we think he should be going. But most of the time, that's not true. When water starts to flood the earth or when water starts to flood uh, pastures or land, it doesn't think about, you know, I don't want to touch this. I don't want to touch that. Once it hits land, it will consume everything that it hits and washes it completely clean. And that's what what's where God wants us to be. He wants us to be led, allow him to lead us into these places to where we have no more prejudice. We wish it was all, we wish all men were saved. We love the ones that love us just as much as the ones that hate us because the the Lord loves those that hate him and the Lord loves those that love him. And it said in the the word of God that he is kind uh, to the unthankful and evil. So that's the spirit of God. That's the attitude of God. And uh, if we can start dying to our ways, the way that we think that the spirit of God should actually move, we could actually tap into those secret places that we've really gone around uh, and not wanted to go in. And uh, there's a scripture in Genesis 4 just to kind of confirm this. I read it last time. It says, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put a man whom he had formed and out of the ground of the, of the Lord God made every tree grow at, that is pleasant in the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, I want you to re- remember this because there, God has done basically this same thing. You've got, you got four rivers coming out of the, the garden. We talked about that last week. You have four rivers that come out of the headwaters of the garden, and it covered it started to cover the earth, which we talked about, you know, same thing with Jesus being like the tree of life in the center of the garden, him being the garden, and out of the out of him four rivers came, which was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it began to flood the earth, and it caused all these other tributaries of doctrine of Jesus Christ, like Paul and he rose up in, in the, those times, but he actually rose up because the four rivers ended up flooding the earth and made way for Paul as well. And we've got to understand that those four rivers represented spiritually before they even showed up on the earth and that garden represented in Christ Jesus. And anybody that believes in Christ Jesus out of him will flow the same river that flowed out of Jesus. All right. But there will be several rivers that will come from that. That's why he said there will be rivers of living water. And uh, it's huge. And what is what has happened here in our life prophetically, uh, when we've given our heart to the Lord, it says the Lord God planted a garden eastward in the Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. What happens with us with the spirit of God is that he adopts us and then he does the exact same thing as he did in the beginning. He will take us and translate us into the Lord Jesus Christ or into a place that is already finished because you got to understand God uh, created the earth, created the garden, created everything that was already there so that man could partake of it and live on the earth. And then You know, subdue the earth, be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth, take dominion. And that has happened with us. That's a shadow of what's happened with us. When you gave your heart to the Lord, the Spirit of God took you to a place that is in Christ Jesus. But we haven't been aware of those places because our carnal mind is still taught some of the old ways. But we are waking up to where God is planting us. And that's what happened with Adam and Eve. He put him in the garden and then woke him up. He blew into him, then woke him up. And I, when he woke up, he was in a brand new world. And that's where, uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to start waking up into a brand new world, which I'm excited about that. And of course he tells him that, uh, to basically, you know, you can eat of everything, uh, but do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, with us, Hey, Prophetically, he says to us, hey, now you can eat of everything that is of me, but don't eat anything that is not of me. In other words, don't eat of those things of the world anymore that are, the, that's the spirit of the world. Don't allow that to trick you anymore. Start eating the things that I've commanded you to eat, which is basically now his son. We've got to eat his flesh and drink his blood. And that's basically eating off the tree of life. I know that's a lot, but basically that's where God's wanting to get us to where we're constantly eating from the tree of life instead of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the way we do that is that spirit of God is that life that he's given us to eat from. And he is trying to change us by showing us who he is. He doesn't try to change you by walking you through steps. He try He changes us by pointing us to Jesus, and we start beholding Him in our consciousness. And when we start beholding Him in our consciousness, then we're able to see Him as He is. And when we see Him as He is, then we start realizing we are like Him. The Bible says that that we would see Him as He is, and we would be like Him. That doesn't just mean when He appears. Uh, physically, it means when he appears in our consciousness through the Holy Spirit, when he appears, we start realizing, we see him as he truly is in our consciousness and then who we are truly wakes up and we're going to wake up to realizing we had the exact same nature as Jesus did because Jesus had the nature of the spirit of God, but he had to die to that old nature just as we die of old natures as well, because he was tempted on everything. You can see even in the garden, he says, uh, you know, not my will, but your will be done. So we can see that he had two wills as well for our sake. He had to understand what it was like to fight against that will, wrestle against that will, and all those principles that are in that will, and to wrestle against that by uh, focusing and doing the Father's will. And anytime you do the father's will and your flesh is wanting to do its own thing, that is a wrestle. All right. And I won't go any further than that, but it does say we wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Okay. But that doesn't mean just in, in places somewhere in the realm. It says in high places, high places sometimes is even in your carnal mind because it's always wanting to raise itself against the knowledge of Christ. So when we wrestle against principles that have been taught us by, by walking in the spirit, those principles are brought down in us and the spirit of God is rises up to where we can be Christ on the earth as he is in heaven. And every principle that has ruled us is then falls. Then anything that has trained us in the spirit realm, it falls as well. So what the, what does this mean? It means if you follow the river, no matter where it goes, no matter what type of mentality, has, if you follow God, you'll bring down everything that the enemy's tried to train you in. Remember that. I just I know that's a lot of depth there, but uh, I feel like we're supposed to get that right now because we're going into some pretty deep stuff here uh, with the spirit of God because uh, I think we've got to know him. In Revelations 22, I want you to look at this. This is awesome about the spirit. It says, Revelations 22, 16 uh, through 17, he says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And it says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come and let him who thirst come and whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Now, doesn't that sound, the, uh, doesn't that uh, shadow the very same thing that Jesus said at the temple? Anyone that believes in me or anyone who believes in me out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Anybody that thirst come uh, uh, that wants to drink, come and drink. I mean, I, I think it's awesome that Jesus said that in the beginning. It, said, it says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then you see in Revelations 22, it, he is basically at the end saying the very same thing. So what is this? He's really trying to get us to see that we are like this, because you, if you'll, if you'll see this here in uh, Revelations 22, it says, and the spirit and the bride say come. So that means the spirit and the body of Christ or those that have chosen to walk as he walked have become one. You're a bride. In other words, you're one of those that have been grafted in to be a part of being one with God. Have been there at the wedding. And wedding there means doesn't, doesn't mean that there's going to be a huge wedding. It means there is a consummation of, uh, where we become one with the spirit. And so we can see here at the end, the spirit of God and his bride or you have become one because now both of you are saying, come, you've become just like him. You're no longer prejudiced. You have been led through the earth just as Jesus, and you've trusted every situation. And out of that, those situations that you you've been put in, You've died and you've chosen to be as the spirit is in heaven on the earth. And you're giving everybody a drink of water. You're welcoming everyone just as the spirit welcomes everyone. It says, And let him who hears say come and let him who thirst come. He didn't say, you know, let Christians who thirst come. It says, let him who, who thirst come anybody, That's what changes people, is when we lose our rights and gain his rights and his his mind, then we're able to pour out to anyone that the Spirit of God leads us to. We're able to pour pour out to life into any situation that we come into. And some of the main situations that we have actually aborted are hard situations in our life, Trouble, troublesome situations in our life, accusational situations in our life. And the way we've aborted them, we've either, we've either kind of out of sight, out of mind, ran from them, or we've stood and, and uh, cursed the very ones that were cursing us, or we get into warfare prayer and we start trying to bind everything when God's wanting to loosen his spirit and give life to everything that is there so that they can, it can be free. So we've basically done the opposite of the nature of the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God now is starting to show us who he is. So if he shows us who he is, then we will start waking up to who we are. All right. Now, uh, I want to throw this out. Uh, Here's another nature uh, of the Spirit of God. And and this title for this one, it says, I I just wrote down, in every situation that leads us into an opportunity, in every situation, the Spirit of God leads us into an opportunity to see him move. Every situation. To see him move, not to see us move, to see him move. When accusation, slander is present, and I put in a bunch of know-it-alls, there's an opportunity, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of dissect certain situations that Jesus got put into. All right, and here we are in John eight, verse one. You want to turn there? You can. Good morning, good morning, Lauren, Patty. Hope you guys are doing well. Julie, hope you're you're doing good. Uh, it says now early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Now you got to understand Jesus came to the temple real early. He'd been up all night. He'd been at the Mount of Olives and he's coming early into the temple, basically to get a rest. He wanted to just meditate into his, his father's house. But all of a sudden, all these people came to really see him and get something from him. So you can imagine right now, if it was me or if it was you, I don't know if you've ever wanted your quiet time so that you could pray. uh, And then somebody come into your life and you manifest, you get all mad because you didn't get your quiet time. Well, Jesus right now we're seeing he's dying to his will, but yet he's being tempted at this point because it says he's tempted on all point. He's being tempted at this point to, to want to act or have the nature that he wants But he's still saying in his spirit, not my will, but your will be done. And so the people come in and then all of a sudden it says, and he sat down and taught them. So now we're seeing a picture of the spirit of God enthroning himself within Jesus. And Jesus sits down in this realm of authority with the spirit because he's already died to that will like we have. And the Spirit of God out of Jesus starts teaching him. <laughs> so right now, he's, God is teaching them. He has sat down at the right hand of the Father through the death of his own will. And now the Spirit of God is teaching them. Because we can see here that the Spirit of God, when it set, when people show up here and they're wanting something, the Spirit of God is going to give it to them. If someone wants your tunic, give it to them. In other words, if somebody comes to want the authority that you're carrying, the Spirit of God is is going to want to give it to them. So you're going to have to die to your timing and everything that you plan in order for the Spirit of God to move. Think about this. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus sometimes took off and, and had rest, but he had to move whenever the Spirit wanted to move think about that and so the spirit's wanting to move here because the spirit doesn't think like us heaven's mind is not like us even in Isaiah it says my thoughts are not your thoughts my ways are not your ways <clears throat> it says the spirit of God and it says then after he's teaching the spirit of God now is moving he's in other words he's having a holy ghost moment and then all of a sudden a bunch of know-it-all's come have y'all ever been in a place to where the anointing of God is there? You've finally gotten into the presence and then a bunch of know-it-alls come. And then you say, well, they run the spirit. No, when the know-it-alls come, the spirit of God even wants to help them. <laughs> and when the know-it-alls come and brought to him a woman caught in adultery, you can see now He's teaching the spirit of God is on him. And now the spirit of God is wanting to help even the ones that are his enemies. And so Jesus is having to humble himself under the mighty hand of the spirit of God. Okay. And he dies into that realm because I don't know about you, but there's times where I felt like there's power on me. And then know-it-alls come in and man, I feel like I want to use the anointing to shut it down. (laughs) and I feel so powerful about it because I'm bold because the spirit of God is bold. Think about that. Basically I wanted to use the anointing out of my will to shut everything down, but God's wanting to open everything up. Okay. That's the spirit of God. And it says, and they went and they brought him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, This woman was called an adultery in the very act. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This, they said, testing him, testing him. In other words, this is Satan trying to get him to lean on the will of the world to throw an accusation toward them or bind them to shut him down, but that's not the way the spirit of God binds things through man. We're about to see it now. All right. This, they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him of. So he's feeling this power to try to get him to do his will, his assumptions of what should be done. Yet he humbles himself. And he leans back on the spirit of God, wanting to know what the spirit of God would want to do, because here's here's the, the, the true saying that sums up everything up. God wishes everyone to be saved. So God has hope for everybody. And I want to get there. I want us to get there. He has hope for everybody. So can you imagine us having the mind of hope for our haters, our know-it-alls, and everyone that is trying to trip us up. Can you imagine us standing there and having hope for everybody? What kind of voice could you hear to be able to say something that would actually help everyone? Wouldn't that be awesome? And so he does this. He humbles himself, and they were testing him. Now watch Jesus. He says, but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear So Jesus is painting us a picture of what is happening even within himself. He's having to go low, go low. And so he physically does it and he's riding in the sand. He's needing a word to overcome first what the flesh is trying to get him to do or the spirit of the world trying to get him to do, which is to Cast a stone, in other words, say something harsh to destroy everyone, and so he's needing something for himself first, and and so he's sitting there waiting on the Spirit, and you can see that the Spirit of God is te- is helping him because he says uh, those who uh, let me look here, he said he says later on in verse seven. He who is without sin among you, let let him throw a stone at her first. So he's hearing that because he's being tempted on all point. He's being tempted to want to throw a stone. And so the spirit of God is speaking to him because we we can only overcome by the spirit of God through our faith. If we put our faith in that, we will be able to hear what God wants to say even within us. So the spirit of God speaks to him and and he's explaining to him. Those without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. In other words, Jesus, you don't have to stone here. You can love here, even in this place. His father is helping him. And so he gets up. Watch this. He's stupid. He's writing in the ground. So he's writing basically what he's hearing because he's not listening. it says as though he didn't hear. He's not listening To the accusation. He has now humbled himself and now he's listening to the voice of God that is not only helping him for those people, but it's helping Jesus to be able to overcome the very temptation that we have every single day when it comes to accusations. So God is speaking this to Jesus first. Oh man, you got to get that one. It's helping him overcome for our sake. Cause now we're about to see a man or now he's going to stand up and says, so when he continued, they continued to ask him, he raised himself up. See, now it's no longer he that lived that man side. Now it's the full manifestation of the true, the, the King of Kings. And it says, and he's, and he said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone in her first. the one that was without sin was standing there but that with that person without sin was being tempted to be just like them oh man and so then so he he throws it out there but he's he's now he is like the spirit of god he he has now been translated into that realm and he's speaking it to the people And he's showing them and he's showing his disciples that they can do this too if they would watch him. That's why sometimes, you know, in the garden they'd say, watch me and pray. Watch and pray. He wasn't talking about looking up in the realms and staying. No, you've got to look at Jesus in order to be able to pray. Because whatever you see Jesus doing, you'll get a revelation of what you need to pray as well if you're watching Jesus pray. And whatever Jesus prays, we pray. It's amazing. And it says, and so after he said that, the spirit of God, that love that wants to save everyone hits everybody, hits the know-it-alls, hits the ones that are wanting to uh, uh, catch him in his words, And all the people that he has been teaching, we forget about those, all the people that he is teaching, They're learning, and they're watching man again, a new man, showing them what it's like to be love on the earth, to be like the Spirit of God on the earth. They're watching it, so he's basically doing a show-and-tell to the ones that he's actually teaching. I'd like to know what he was teaching before this happened, because he's probably teaching some of this. But after he says it, instead of just standing there and looking at them, waiting on them to... You know, drop their stones like I would. I'd probably be under the anointing and stand there. But that would actually cause a riot. So he humbles himself again to get low and it says, and again he stooped down and roamed the ground. In other words, he let the Spirit of God do its work instead of so trying to make them get it. How many of us out there have tried to make people get it? You say, "Man, this is the spirit of God now that's speaking to you." I'm telling you, this is the Lord, and the Lord is standing there, and He's not even saying it's the Lord. He's humbling Himself because the Spirit is saying, "Okay, now let me do the work. You keep your mouth shut. Let me do the work, because if you stand, it's going to cause a riot. You'll you'll you'll, you'll take the bait of pride. So get low. Take heed lest you think you stand right." so he gets low and it says and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground see if you ever get low God gets high think about that if you ever get low God gets high and he does the work it says then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one beginning with the oldest even to the last and Jesus was left alone and the woman staying in the midst and when Jesus had raised himself up And saw no one but the woman. Now he's coming up. God has done his work. He said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. Think about this. Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus. Had the mentality by now, even with the know it alls and everything, that he didn't want to condemn them. They had the temptation. So he had to humble himself so that the Spirit of God could con- control him. And when you do that, it's no longer you that live, it's God that lives. It's Christ that lives in you. And when Christ lives in you, you don't condemn your loved ones or your haters. The spirit of God wants to move on everybody. Neither do I condemn you. Go and send no more. And then it says, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me. In other words, if we can follow and look into the way the spirit of God is helping him, if we can follow Jesus's life, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but but have the light of life. That doesn't mean just us giving, you know, saying the name of Jesus and that's it. You know, we're in. That's not true. If we follow his ways like we're doing right now. If we're watching how he moves and has his being. We can start living this way. But uh, we will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I'm going to throw this out and I'm, I'm almost finished. In the middle of pain, because Jesus was feeling pain, the Spirit moves in, in, in ways sometimes that we can't understand. Sometimes we want to do our will, but sometimes, have you ever gotten in a situation where you just don't understand why so-and-so is saying this and so-and-so is saying that? I don't understand why I'm in this. I'll tell you what, Lord, just break it all. Just I just create, I just speak breakthrough to everybody. You know, you just get so tired and fed up with it. But the Spirit of God, we've got to remember the Spirit of God has led us there. And most of the time when the Spirit of God leads us into places, you've got to remember, we don't understand what's really happening. We assume that we know, but we think it's the enemy, or we've got to pray for breakthrough. Because we've been taught that. So we go in blind. We walk blind we chose to walk by uh, we chose to walk by faith and not by sight so when we're led in these situations most of the time we get the trick of the enemy which is in our flesh the way the way we've been taught is the way that when the enemy starts attacking us we want to try to find out where it's coming from and bind that sucker and that's a trick of the enemy because we don't understand God's ways because what we've been led into is God's ways and He's He's always going to lead you into places that you don't understand. Because we don't know the thoughts and the ways of God. But we have an invitation to do it if we can, when we're in those situations, to lean on God, stoop down low, lean on what God wants to do and realize He's a river, He wants to wash everybody, He wants to clean everybody, He wants to save every situation. Even when if it if it cost us a death. Because Jesus. And I want to give you a scripture in that that will help you with this one. In Matthew 26, 67 through 68, he's before, man, you talk about he got, he is now led into the den of Satan. He's standing before the Sanhedrin. He's standing before the court. Uh, all of these so-called rulers, and they they have blindfolded him. They don't realize they don't realize that he's been blindfolded his whole life. Remember that. He's been blindfolded his whole life. And when they blindfold him, it says, Then they spat in his face, beat him, and others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy to, to us, Christ. Who is it? Who is the one who struck you? Oh, man, how many of those? But we try to get we try to figure out we either try to figure out what kind of spirit that's using the person. We go after that. We try to go or if we're having warfare, we try to go into the spirit and pray and try to figure out where it's coming from, because that is the trick to get us into the realms of the flesh through our gift. Instead, Jesus said nothing. Why? Because the Spirit of God was saying nothing. He'd been walking blindfolded all of his life. He'd been hit, I don't know how many times. His eyes may have been open, but he was blind to the world, and his eyes were open to the spirit. And if your eyes are open to the spirit and your and your eyes are and you cause your eyes to be blind to the spirit of the world, to look at those things, but you look at the things of God, by the time you get to this place just like Jesus, You're already one with him. And you're not going to move. You can't move unless he moves because now he has become the embodiment of the Spirit of God through all the deaths that he's had through his life. And so now we can see that the Spirit of God is standing there. What is the Spirit of God doing here? He is saying something even though there's a human that's not moving his mouth. He's saying this. Galatians 5, 22 through 26. But the spirit but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, and you get this one, long suffering. So that you can see that the spirit of God is long suffering through Jesus. To not say a word so that everyone can get a chance to see What kind of spirit that they're in? I don't know how many times I've tried to pinpoint to people, tell them, you know what spirit you're in. Instead of while they're speaking and blaspheming, doing all their manifestation, if I could have just stayed quiet and, and because I knew I was, there were times I knew I was supposed to keep my mouth shut and allow the spirit of God. Because when I knew I was supposed to keep my mouth shut, that was the spirit of God saying, I'm not going to say anything. If you don't say anything, then the spirit, then I can move to help them see what kind of spirit that they're of. Let me give you a scripture. One Corinthians 2 let me give you two of them. One Corinthians two, 10 through 12. We got to remember this. The spirit of God searches the things of God, not the things of the enemy. Let me say that again. The spirit of God searches the things of God not the things of the enemy. How many times we try to go into figuring out the things of the enemy? It says this for the spirit of the, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God for what man knows the things of man except the spirit of, of the man which is in him. even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And here's what was happening right here. I love this because this is what Jesus was doing. This is awesome. This is in part. This is the part that I know the Lord has given me about the understanding of the spirit of God. He was doing this in Romans 12, 19 through 21. At times, just like Jesus was doing here, the Spirit of God will absorb wrath so that those around him that are hitting us can be saved. So Jesus is long-suffering and he's absorbing the wrath. He's giving in to wrath. He's taking it upon himself and being quiet so that everyone can see really what spirit they're And it allows the spirit to move so that they can actually be free to see what's going on. And this is, what's ha- this is what happens. Romans 12, 19, uh, verse 19. Beloved, do not... Aven-. Man, I feel anointing. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. <laughs> I want to throw up on that one. But Jesus and the spirit was giving place to wrath. He's being quiet. Man, what a temptation to do something. It says, give place to wrath for it's written. Vengeance is mine. See, we want to do vengeance as me. But vengeance is his. So if if vengeance is his, we got to do what he wants to do. And so Jesus is allowing the spirit of God to move upon him. He's long suffering and absorbing. He's giving into this stuff so that they can get free. And watch this, he says, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. Oh, there's that drink again. They don't realize that that those men have been led there, and Jesus realizes now he's been led there to give them a drink. And the only way he can give them a drink and have an opportunity for them to see true life is to keep his mouth shut in this situation because the Spirit of God is doing it. And he says, for in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. So what happens when we, in a situation like this, he keeps his mouth shut. And what he's saying is that when you absorb it, when God's there and he's telling you this, it allows the spirit of God to come and fire and destroy the very thing that is controlling the mind of man, your enemies, if you keep your mouth shut. He'll do the work. That doesn't mean he's going to curse them. That means he's going to help them. Isn't that awesome? Then it says, do not overcome evil. Do not be be overcome by evil. In other words, don't take the bait. But overcome evil with good. Or we can say the spirit of God. That's that's part of the spirit, guys. This is the way he moves and has his being. This is just one of them. Last one, we can see it happen again. Except Jesus has been opening his mouth, he's on the cross, and he's still praying. (laughs) How many people have pinned you down and you didn't pray for them? I mean, really pray for them, like Jesus did. You know, think about that. There's times where I've tried to pray like Jesus, You know, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But I didn't do it because I meant it. I didn't have the heart of the spirit. But I want to be able to mean it. Right? And here's Jesus in Mark 15, verse 38 through 39. It says, then the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. And so in the centurion who stood opposite him, opposite him. So you can picture You've got a mentality of the spirit. You've got a mentality of man. And he's opposite of that mentality. But he's watching it. And he doesn't realize he's being trained by the spirit of God. The spirit of God is raining coals of fire on his head to set him free. And he's training him by watching Jesus. Because he's been watching Jesus this whole time. And he's seeing that Jesus really means what he's saying. And he loves them. And says, so when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and and breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was a son of God. This man. He saw this man as a son of God the son jesus had given his physical body his mental mind his emotions by that time he was no longer living that was it was now the true god in body form he was he was speaking out to everybody i forgive you now Jesus is God. He's God. You look at him. He's your father. There was the Father that was in him. And him and his father are one. Papa. He was just reaching out his arms to say, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, but he was meeting it. And the centurion is getting a cold coals of fire heaped on his head to set him free from that demonic activity, that spirit of the world. He allowed them to pin him down. He gave in to wrath so much. So to where his body was ripped apart. He was given into it. He's absorbing it for their sake says he took on all of our iniquities. He knows where he took on all of your pain. He absorbed it. Man, I don't know how many times the Lord is, is excuse me. The sun is coming out pretty bad, but, uh, turn this around but i don't know how many times that uh i've been i've not wanted to you know absorb i haven't wanted to take the hit i wanted to retaliate i wanted to overcome evil with evil that's not the way the spirit of god moves he's like a river and anyone believes on him out of his heart will flow rivers of living water that means everywhere he takes you everywhere he leads you is an opportunity to see living waters flow out of your heart to everyone to every situation but you got to believe in him instead of your own self so this is part four i hope this helps uh it's pretty deep but uh I hope it really wakes us up. I know it's even waking me up as I'm talking about it because there's so many treasures that God has left us in Jesus Christ to show us truly how the spirit of God is and how he walks and has his being. Fall in love with the spirit again. Repent back to the spirit because those are his, you're repenting back to his ways, not your ways. So, amen. Well, Lord, just be with us all. Help us to walk this thing out. Help us to not have to know. You lead us into all truth. You lead us into green pastures. And sometimes, Lord, we don't see that what we're in is a green pasture because we're, we're trained that green pastures should, should, should look a way that we've been trained in. It should look wonderful and peaceful. But if we're not in you, Lord, We can't see the green pasture. We see death and accusations. We see all these troubles. But you said you'd lead us into green pastures. But your green pastures is completely different than what we think. So Spirit of God, help us to repent back to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, love you guys. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us. It's been awesome. Uh, I hope this helps. We're going to be uh, in Greenville, North Carolina, um, up at a church up there teaching on the prophetic. And then uh, at the end, of toward the end, near Halloween, the, October the 26th, we'll be in Covington, uh, Louisiana at a leadership uh, conference held by Scott and Aaron and those folks down there. And uh, pray for us. If you want to come hang out with us, you, you can check out our uh, you know, our schedule on either Facebook, Living Vine Ministries, Facebook, or now you can go on our website. We're keeping it updated. But uh, we'd love to see some of your faces in the crowd. If not, we understand. But if just pray for us if you can. We've got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of things that are going on in our life, in the ministry, that we're needing your prayers and help on. And uh, we would appreciate it. We love you so much. And uh, I pray to God this, uh, this helps that wakes you up, that would even convict you to a place of, my gosh, I've got to. There's hope in the spirit of God instead of my ways. So hang in there. We'll keep going. Thank you for tuning in to God's Stories. All right. See you later.